is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is January the 15th, 2020. Strong hand, golden age, 2020s. Having hype? Yeah, we're there. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin in motion, conviction, compete, don't complain. All right, everyone, it's unconfiscatable. We're going to talk about that event because Bitcoin is unconfiscatable and I'm offended by selling. Hello, my elite friends. Check out This Week in Bitcoin, disruptmeister.com. Follow me on Twitter, techball, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. If you've got questions, I've got answers. Type in Bitcoin Meister so I see it or do a super chat. All right. So the dudes over at the Unconfiscatable event uh, in Las Vegas, Tone Vase's event in Las Vegas on February 25th, it's a few other days, uh, they tweeted something and they put me in the tweet. So I'm going to read you the tweet. Uh, they hadn't talked to me about this at all, but hey, you never know what, what I'm going to end up doing there. Or I don't know what I'm going to end up doing there. Uh, so here it is here. And I retweeted this. You guys can see this. And maybe this will get you guys to come to the event. The OG World Crypto Network is in the house for Unconfiscatable 2020. The one and only Mad Bitcoins, and that's Thomas Hunt, of course, will be on the crypto couch doing his Johnny Carson-style show. He's giving away two tickets soon with TechBalt, Tone Vase, and Jimmy Song in Vegas. Could this be the reunion show? Hey, man, if... uh, if the Johnny Carson of crypto, if the Johnny Carson of Bitcoin, Thomas Hunt, uh, if he wants me to sit on that couch, I'll sit on that couch. But it's cool. Yeah, a lot of OGs are going to be there. I think that's the point of this. Adam Meister is going to be there. Tone Vase, Jimmy Song, uh, Thomas Hunt. I know Juan Galt is going to be there. Uh, all, all sorts of people will be walking around the D. And I will definitely be at, at least, at the very least, walking around there saying hi to everybody in the audience and, and whatnot. So that was that was fun. Uh, thanks for uh, mentioning me, guys. Uh, and speaking of social media, here was a comment that was left below yesterday's video. And of course, check out all my videos. They're all linked to below. Everything I talk about in this video is, in fact, linked to below. This guy's name is 2NT1, He says, a decade. It's not that long. In 2030, if you have a strong hand, a decade-long strong hand. You won't have to work for someone else. You will be able to choose what you want to do with every minute of every day. Dude, that is some great long-term thinking. You're absolutely right. 2030 isn't that long uh, into the future. I I remember 2010 just like yesterday. Uh, Someone someone that I know just had a 10-year wedding anniversary. I was at that wedding and it just zoomed by. The person's got kids now and everything. Uh, So it goes by real fast and just this world's going to change a lot in this next decade. You have the opportunity to get into this Bitcoin thing and who knows in 2030 what that might mean in terms of your freedom. So, dude, you've you've definitely got the right attitude. Pound that like button for 2030. And yeah, dude, strong hand at least 2024 having. At least this dude's got 2028 having on his mind. So good for him. Let's talk about the Bitwise report that came out today. 
about financial advisors and Bitcoin. Oh, financial advisors, so old school, way too old school, not the good type of old school, <laughs> like the typewriter type of old school. We're, we're going to talk about that. The goal, what, and so it's linked to below the report, great statistics on there. Uh, pl please uh, read it. I think you, you can draw your own conclusions, and I will draw my own conclusions in a second and share them with you. The goal was to benchmark how financial advisors who manage roughly half of all wealth in America are now thinking about crypto after the developments of 2019, including whether and how they are allocating to crypto in client portfolios. Well, it is disturbing that uh, they control <laughs> roughly half of all the wealth in America that people, I mean, personal responsibility dudes, people can't control their own wealth, but maybe there's a bunch of, oh, I think there are a bunch of very wealthy, you know, 80 somethings. They don't want to manage their wealth. Okay. They're not going to be around much longer. And those dudes probably aren't the ones that are inquiring about Bitcoin. Things are changing. I think uh, financial advisors, I wouldn't get into that business. People wouldn't get into that business at all. I mean, my experience with a, a a friend of mine, associate of mine, who who, who is a financial advisor. In, I mean, in 2016, he was laughing at me. I, I mean, I, I told stories about this dude uh, when I told him about Bitcoin, and uh, I, I'm not. I don't. I hope he's not laughing anymore. But he shouldn't be. He should be crying. Anyway, only eight percent of financial advisors expect Bitcoin to go to zero, down from 14 percent of last year. Okay, quite an accomplishment. <laughs> Quite a change of mindset. Seventy-six percent of advisors said clients asked about crypto in 2019. Hey, even they can admit it. So I would say seventy-six percent of their clients uh, probably are under 80 years old. <laughs> I doubt the 80-year-old ones are, or the widows are asking about it very much. Uh, Bitwise 2020 benchmark survey of financial advisors' attitudes toward crypto is the official title. Forty-eight percent think. It will be less than 10K in five years. All right. So, and these are guys that are supposed to know about money. 48% of them think it'll be less than $10,000 in five years. Uh, and so you, they're dealing with older people and they have old school financial attitudes. There, are, there were a lot of people back in 1985 when I think people were starting to use computers. I mean, lots of people were using typewriters. Everybody was still using typewriters and you could still use a typewriter today. Just lots of people use that financial advisors today. You'll still be able to use a financial advisor in 2030. Uh, the Bitcoin, be your own financial advisor. All right. Seriously, this is uh, this is the opportunity that it's giving people. You don't have to rely on these middlemen anymore. I, uh, if you're under 45 or under 50. I, why are you even using these guys anymore? Unless I guess you're super busy. Uh, interestingly, more than one third of surveyed advisors, 35% believe that some or all of their clients are investing in crypto outside their advisory relationship. So they even are admitting like, uh, you know, we're, we're not, it, we're not investing them into Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. So few are, but their clients are, Doing it, taking personal responsibility and doing it on their own. Uh, additionally, 37% said they didn't know whether or not clients were investing in crypto on their own. Uh, so Bitwise did the, made this report. Bitwise also did the report. They've contributed a lot to this space. The infamous uh, busting 
up to 95% fake uh, Bitcoin trading volume on some of those Asian exchanges and, and ones outside of Asia also. They withdrew their ETF today, though, BTF, uh, Bitwise. So, hey, we're one day closer to somebody getting a, a, an ETF uh, approved. They, they, are go- they are good players in this space. Good luck to Bitwise. Thank you for the report. Roman Q says, oh, wait, there was a reply in the thread uh, that, that discussed financial advisors, though. And this is so typical. Financial advisors don't learn Bitcoin in school, and so it must not matter. Pound that like button. Yeah, I, I think a lot of them have that attitude. Thus, you have to be your own financial advisor. They, they didn't. They weren't teaching Bitcoin in school. Maybe they will teach Bitcoin in school soon. I know some colleges are. That's great. Um, but just because you didn't learn about it in school doesn't mean you can't learn about it now. You're learning about it right now if you're watching this. And you take personal responsibility. You don't need this seal of approval of a financial advisor to, to change your life. Roman Q said, is there a specific Bitcoin conference event that you would want to go to if all the expenses were paid? Don't pay for things that you can't get for free. Uh, no, there. I mean, just ones that my uh, associates put on. You know, um, I, I obviously I'm flattered that Tone's getting me a ticket for to the event and everything, and that's awesome. And uh, that uh, the the one in San Francisco, obviously Christian set that up. So, I, and I, I love seeing people like that. So, if there are other events anywhere, <laughs> and I just happen to be in Los Angeles for both these things. Okay, so it's very easy for me to get to these events, but events that I'm interested in going to at this point in my life are yet yeah, ones that people get me in for free. And if it's far away, they're gonna you know get me a plane ticket too. But where my associate, where cool people are gonna be, people that are on my show, people that I've never met in person before. Now, of course, I've met Christian in person before, and I've met uh, Tone in person before. But they're gonna be people. I'm gonna meet Juan in person. Um, um, I'll meet. Uh, lots of people I'm going to meet in person at both these things. So those are the type of events that I would I would like to go to where guys that have been on my show, guys that I consider my, my Bitcoin buddies, um, to, to meet them in person. Those are the ones that I, I want to attend. Otherwise, a lot, <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you can take away from some of these things um, when, you've been, when you've been in this as long as I have. I mean, I read about this every single day. I read – Twitter every single day. So when I go to an event, am I learning a lot? Um, I'm not learning that much. I mean, I'm meeting, I'm meeting people and that's great. That's fine. All right. Uh, all right. Keep on asking those questions. Thank you for this question. Uh, Romy Q. Uh, bit, okay. So we talked about Bitwise and we talked about uh, being your own uh, financial advisor. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. <sighs> Demand. Oh, here we go. Fidelity. Okay. Fidelity Investments crypto arm makes first push into Europe. Demand for our services is borderless. Our effort to make digital assets more accessible to institutional investors continues. That's their business. They're they're in this to make money off of institutional investors to get them into Bitcoin, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Great. This is where the big boys play. Let them do that. Now, meanwhile, you've got all these retail no-coiners and guys that are just on the fence that complain and scapegoat and say, it's unfair that institutions are getting Bitcoin. Dude, you have your chance. Retail people are sitting, retail people are sitting on their hands. Fidelity is going into Europe and getting uh, institutions there into Bitcoin. Okay. You're going to see the number. Eventually, you're going to realize 
that this all occurred in 2030, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. A lot of institutions did buy up Bitcoin, didn't they? And I was some retail schlum that didn't buy any of it. Hey, personal responsibility. You're still going to scapegoat them, say they're, they're so evil, fidelity evil. Look, you can do exactly what they're doing right now. But you won't. The people who scapegoat like that one, at least. Okay, we got a lot of people talking in that chat, but no questions. But that's all right. Uh, now, here's something. Congress had a hearing. Uh, I guess it was today. Uh, or what is this? New Jersey counterterrorism chief warns U.S. Congress crypto is funding domestic extremism. <laughs> domestic extremism. So in the hearing, they named some pretty vile groups um, that have used uh, Bitcoin, that people have donated to some vile organizations that, that don't like me, <laughs> that, that don't like I, I can guarantee you that they don't like me because of my religion. And that's whatever. That's what they think. Are they really, are they doing anything to me? You see, part of the reason I don't like this, uh, well, they're virtue signaling. These congressmen want to, to scare everyone say, oh, we hate the bad guys and the bad guys use Bitcoin. So let's get rid of it. And one of them is that guy from California who's clearly doing this for, to help people who've contributed to his campaign, uh, large financial organizations that might not have an interest in uh, Bitcoin uh, transferring money across borders. Okay. Or, or you know, th- th- there's some people, some incumbents that are scared. There's some financial incumbents that are scared. They want to control the flow of money and th- this, th- this breaks down their control. Now, some of them realize they can just open their own Bitcoin banks and still get into it. Okay. But so these, these congressmen, they get people to testify saying all the villains that have sent Bitcoin to each other and that one guy um, who runs a an e- it's an evil website. It's 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 terrible. The, the, the lies that it says is it illegal though? No, it's not illegal to to hate me. Okay, it's not illegal to hate Adam Meister and his people of his religion. It's not. It's not. Um, th- that's not criminal. So uh, part of this is you know trying to criminalize thoughts, and I, I don't like that at all. I I want and so. That that organization uh, apparently got sixty thousand. Somebody sent sixty thousand dollars in Bitcoin to. Uh, it starts with a storm. I'm not even going to say their name. Uh, and uh, that's. I think that's good for Bitcoin. That's. I mean, it it shows. Obviously, no financial institution black you know blackballed that organization. So so people got frustrated and figured out ways to fund them, and that's Bitcoin. When you're being censored, Bitcoin is the answer, and it shows that that was the answer. And some people don't like that. Well, tough luck. People can say what they want to say. You making a big deal out of those people and saying how vile they are and trying to make them illegal and trying to associate Bitcoin with them and making Bitcoin illegal, that just puts them on a pedestal and makes more people want to hear about them. Let them do what they're going to do naturally, and people will insane people will support them, and they can fund their organization. You don't have, you don't have to pay them any attention or anything. So another thing with this congressional, uh, if, if certain people in Congress gets their get their ways and makes it harder for the bad guys to get Bitcoin, then the so called bad guys, then good guys who really need this stuff are going to be turned off, and they're going to that's eh, too hard. It's too, even though they'll still be able to get it, just hearing all this hype around it, um, it's it's not going to be good. So I'm out there saying, 
explaining to people that this is you, you think you're helping. Some people think they're helping the world by making it harder for people to get Bitcoin or making it scary or associating it with vile creatures. But you're, you're not helping the world. In fact, you're hurt. You're hurting the world because there are a lot of people that need it, that if they got it and if they weren't scared of getting it and if it wasn't harder to get it um, through more traditional means, which these people dream of making it very hard through traditional means to get it. Um, that a lot of good things won't be created because these people aren't going to get their Bitcoin. They're not going to get their freedom. So, so it goes both ways. Uh, and that's, that's why I don't believe in uh, most of basically all gov government regulation. You, you think you're helping people, but in fact, you're, you're stifling. You're stifling a lot of good people too. Don't try to be a hero government. Don't try to virtue signal. Uh, let, let this thing happen. And again, I don't like certain organizations. I don't like the way, uh, certain things certain people say, but I think they should be able to get Bitcoin. I, I think people should be able to support them. So Bitcoin allows them to do that. So you know when you can say if your worst enemy gets Bitcoin, it helps you. And that is, and for those people again who say there's no point in Bitcoin, it's it's there's a point. <laughs> there definitely is a. It, it might be vile to some people, but there's clearly they wouldn't have this hearing if they if, if this wasn't happening. People weren't get if the so-called horrible people of the world weren't getting, using Bitcoin. All right. Uh, will you still do a daily Bitcoin show in 2028? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that answer, but uh, I do know like in 2021, I, I definitely will be. I, I, I know, I know that 210,000 blocks after um, the Bitcoin all time high of whatever it was in December of 2017. So that should be in October of November of 2021. I'll definitely be here. I'll definitely be here then. Um, so yeah. Uh, but 2028, I, I can't guarantee 2028. I, I'd like to, but that, that means at that point I'd be doing like, I mean, I started my first Bitcoin show I did in 2013. So it will be 15 years after my first Bitcoin show. And I basically have been doing it every day since 2016. So 12 years straight, of I, I don't know if I can do that, um, but I, I'll still have <laughs> I'll still have some Bitcoin. I will tell you that I'll still because I got a strong hand. Pound that like button. Do you do you stop? When do you stop supporting? Um, and, and you name an, a, a horrible organization. When did you stop support? Uh, you make a joke. Yeah, it is a joke. Yeah, I, was, I don't support them. No, I don't support them. But people can support Bitcoin. That that horrible, vile organization in the Middle East. They, they, it's just the way it is. It's un, Bitcoin is unconfiscatable. It's uncensor, un, uncensorable. So let it, let it be. Let it be. All right. All right. What do we, what do we have here? Let's see. Ooh. All right. So I talked about that. Oh, here is a good tweet to share with people who are considering Bitcoin, newbies. Now, I don't agree all with this tweet, everything that uh, Monsieur Mamadouv has, has to say in this. And I'll explain. But I think it can get people pumped up, certain people pumped up about Bitcoin. Buying a home is much harder today than it was for previous generations. Price of college is increasing eight times faster than wages. Negative interest rates, food products, and household supplies are shrinking in size. Bitcoin is people collectively responding to these injustices. All right. Now, I don't think those are injustices. I just think 
<laughs> you don't have to go to college. You don't have to buy a house. And yeah, if your KitKat is going getting smaller, don't, you don't have to buy the KitKat, okay? Negative interest rates, you don't have to participate in that at all. Are these things... <laughs> these aren't good things. These aren't great things, but you don't have to participate in them. And a lot of people are very frustrated with those things. And that's why you tell them this and they'll say, oh, well, Bitcoin is protects me against this. It, it's, it's not going down in value. I mean, it's not costing me more. Bitcoin will gain me value and will allow me to get more stuff in the future, get that house in the future. Uh, so he says Bitcoin is people collectively, kind of like the word collectively respect. It's in it's individuals taking personal responsibility to uh, not have to worry about those. I wouldn't, I'm not going to call them injustices. Those aspects aspects of life. Pound that like button. But I do think that tweet is a good one to, to show to your friends that are frustrated with college going up in price. I mean, you don't, you don't have to like break it to them. Like, dude, you don't have to go to college. That's, that's, that's too much of a red pill for some people. Pound that like button. Beyond Bitcoin Show, Saturdays. You can uh, watch that. I talk about uh, subject matters like that. All right. Uh, has the having hype started? Dudes, so this this guy, Bitcoin, has are, is already up 20% so far in January. It has been the best start of a year since 2012. Okay, you fiat freaks. I said something for you there. Uh, 2020, it's up 20%. All sorts of 20s flying around. Is the, Are we going to look back on this as we did in 2016 as the ramp up? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this is um, people start starting to hear about this, starting to hoard it a little bit more. So has it started or hasn't started? I don't care because I'm starting it. I'm using the having hype hashtag. I think you guys should. We are Bitcoin's marketing team, okay? And hyping the having, basically informing people about it, it helps. It helps. It helps get people in the Bitcoin. It helps explain digital scarcity. It helps people contrast uh, Bitcoin with the, the traditional finance system where they can print as many dollars as they want to. And some people like that, so let them be in that. But uh, Bitcoin only going to be at $21 million and only making uh, only going to be producing half as much new Bitcoin after the halving in May of this year. I'll be at the halving party in Tel Aviv. Oh, yeah, baby. Tel Aviv is a great Bitcoin city. Bitcoin embassy. Shout outs to you. So, yeah, let's be Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing team. Doesn't have a, a, a dash uh, stash for the ladies. <laughs> Yeah, um, Amanda was all, it was always fun to have Amanda on the show though. I mean, you check it out. It's in the archives below. But we have to be Amanda Johnson. All right, for Bitcoin. <laughs> Having hype, pound, pound that like button. Do you guys even know that Amanda Johnson had a, a show before she was on Dash? What was that show called? I watched it uh, back in uh I mean it was like in 2015 and 16. That's why Dot Dash hired her. Her. What was that show called? It was, like, it was like a CC or EE name. It was two letters repeating. I forgot what it was now. Anyway, you can look it up. Um, she didn't just come out of the blue on Dash. She was before that. And I told and I said that was the that was the best marketing move an altcoin could make at that time to hire her. And it was. It really was a good move on, uh, for them to spread the word. They, they pumped a lot because of her. But hey, those things come and go. You don't know when those things happen. 
Bitcoin, it's uh, it sticks around. It's not an altcoin flavor of the month, but we can market it. All right, Mimble Wimble Coin, the crypto dividend that we got, an airdrop crypto dividend that a lot of us got. Dude, it's like still at four dollars. It's you if you got had it's a one point eight percent return. One of the best crypto dividends. Well, I mean, right now it's like Bcash, then BSV, then MWC. Seriously, in terms of performance, uh, if you sold, if you waited to sell those things until now, until this very moment, that would be the third best performing one. And uh, yeah, so again, there were a lot of people. Oh, I don't want to do it. It's only going to be worth a couple pennies. Man, I mean, you're getting 160 bucks now. On one for one Bitcoin. That's that's nice. That's better than the bank pays, <laughs> isn't it? So I, I do. I hope more uh, airdrop crypto dividends come out out in 2020. I think there will be. Already, there's one announced one that's a forked one, and I don't again don't deal with that stuff. Uh, but yeah, airdrop ones can be pretty cool if the person doesn't you know print trillions of them. <laughs> you see what happens. The the Zimbabwe dollar. Uh, ends up worth more than the crypto dividends that uh, that people uh, ego people uh, ego coins that are produced trillions of ego coins they don't end up worth very much. But hey, people can make excuses about them as much as they want to, and you know why they gave Ethereum to like some dude selling Zimbabwe dollars. Some people got to learn the hard way. Pound that like button, people. All right, that's it. No more questions in the chat. I'm at a Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, disrupt Meister. As you can tell, I got a good night's sleep last night. I'm loving El Paso. I had my ended my 46-hour fast. And thanks a lot, guys, for watching the show. Spread it. Pound that like button. Bang that bell button. And daily decrypt it was called. I knew. I knew it was. Uh, what is that? Repetition. Uh, I, I forgot. I learned in school what that's called. I totally forgot it now. Mr. Buck's English class. I learned uh, alliteration. Was it when it's two consonants in a row? Oh, Mr. Buck, how I have I have failed you. I've forgotten ninth grade English. All right. See you guys later.